happy Tuesday. Okay, we have to hurry up. We can't. We have to just get right into this because. <laughs> okay, I hear you. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, I want to go first to um, hearing schizophrenia. Um, or, that, I didn't say that right. When people have schizophrenia and experience hearing different voices, when they come to see us, how we are able to help them by validating the different voices, the different people, the different beings. In their head. In their head. And help them differentiate between what's healthy and what isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And being able to validate for them when they're hearing their own voice. Cool. Their own. And when they're valid and when they're hearing an ego. Or when they're hearing it that it's a different entity. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, your turn. Jesus. Okay. That went really fast and not in depth, but that's okay. Well, no, but it's sips of sanity. If they want more depth, they have to go to coffee with the sarlo. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Um, so we're focusing on I hear you today. Yes. Okay. Um, you talked about thoughts, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of um, some some good examples of hearing an actual human voice, um, because we remote view conversations. Yeah. Right. And I think this is a really big thing because you know we've made mention of a lot of relationships where they they have one person has to repeat themselves all the time. Yes. And so when people come in for a session, we will say, oh, the fight you have over and over again with your best friend is, and the disagreement you have with your partner over and over again is, fill in the blank. Um, and so that person gets to sit there and go, you weren't even in the room, but you're hearing what I had to say when I had to repeat myself four times, yeah, 16 times for seven years worth of times. Mm -hmm. And... To say, I hear you, um, I think can really illustrate uh, the lack of um, willingness from another human being, where that person has to sit there and go, okay, these humans can remote view, hear me, and my partner has a total unwillingness to hear me standing in front of me in the same room, then I know it's possible he can hear me. This means he doesn't want to. And that's heartbreaking. But I think there's a lot of beauty in there because you see, and you've made mention of this a lot, the potential that another person can hear me, wants to hear me. I just, what that does for a heart is huge. Are you okay? You can pause. No, it's good. Would you like to add something to that? Thank you. Mm -hmm. I hope that as a, a person with these same gifts, but also as a human, that I have been able to do that for you. We both know you. Good point. Do you mind if I give another example? Go ahead. Uh, I know it just got personal for you. Um, and recently I've been dealing with my own anxieties about being heard. Um, I grew up with particular individuals um, who rushed me when I spoke, who rolled their eyes when I spoke, who 
you know, motioned hands to kind of speed it up, um, get to the point, and didn't want to hear any of the details or what they considered to be frivolous pieces of information. Um, so there was always, I grew up with a feeling of I needed to get to the point. And, I, and what I had to say around the point didn't matter, just the point. And that's very difficult because there can be facts and there can be feelings surrounding the facts that are more important than what happened. There can be an intention that's more important than the point, mm-hmm. right, or, or the fact. And when you're rushed through it, you become so flustered in your own head uh, of even how to speak that not only do you not feel heard, but you don't feel like you're worth expressing anything or worth being heard. You feel worthless. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you, you have tremendously helped me heal that. But I've been caught in another relationship where unconsciously I felt rushed again. And it wasn't this person's fault. It was the fact that it's a man. And my example of, ch- of childhood being rushed was all men. Mm-hmm. And so I got triggered. And it's it's been such a healing process to sit down and say, this is my past experience. And it's not what you do to me, but it's where I subconsciously go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm talking to you, I have to calm myself down. Mm-hmm. And I have to look at your face and really allow myself to register that you're enjoying my details, mm-hmm. that you're enjoying me telling you how I felt about what happened, that I can, I can give you all the tiny details around what happened and you, you ask me questions about them because you want to know more. Wow. And it's fucking uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because it wouldn't have been anything you were familiar with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to have a partner mm-hmm. walk in and say, tell me about your day. Mm -hmm. I now have to sit back at 28 years old and say to myself or remind myself he's asking because he wants to know, not Mm -hmm. because it's the thing you ask Mm -hmm. and then you brush them off. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's a retraining of, of the brain. It's a retraining of the heart. It's a retraining of all of the muscles because I'm, I'm even noticing that I'm tense as I'm talking, Mm -hmm. um, because of, of past experience and, uh, I, I am now having the opportunity to be heard in a, in a far different way, in a far more beautiful way. Um, that's allowing me to heal that little girl. Mm-hmm. The one who clenches her pelvis at, you know, at five and again at 28. Yeah. And clenches jaw, back muscles. Um, I think it's important to point out the things that we do too, uh, physically in mm-hmm. the body when the emotional experience is being had. Yeah, and I, I, something I've recently noticed too, and, and you know, I always like to use myself as an example so no one's put on the spot, although I recognize I, I did that to you. Um, my hands, mm-hmm. I clench. Aww. Not like fists, and I think yeah. a lot of people assume it's fists, and if they don't do it, then they're fine. But I will play with something in my hands, but I notice that I'm, I'm pinching it or I'm squeezing it, or mm. there there is a tension in my fingers and my fingertips to hold on tight to something. Oh, Okay. And it's just, um, yeah, it's been a very healing process. And, mm-hmm. and healing often, you know, can be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Can I get, go to another example? Yes, please. I know we've used this in the past in, in, in the other um, podcast show. But being able to hear, um, and I know this is important for people to hear this one, to hear abuse. 
Um, and I know you brought that up. So it's, it's, it's in childhood. It's sometimes things that um, are not even spoken out loud. It, it, they're the thoughts. And that a person may have a feeling about another person. And they come to us because they want to know if that feeling is right. Mm-hmm. Because the person who um, um, is creating that for them may withhold the truth. Mm-hmm. And so they're seeking in the hearing from what we get from the spirit world. And I know we did other shows on hearing the truth, but how important that is because they may never receive the truth on earth mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, because of what the other person may feel that they have to lose if they lose control. Right. By not, um, by sharing that knowledge or by sharing that piece of information. Mm-hmm. And it can be something as beautiful as do they love me or not? Because the answer could be yes. It's just that they're not that they don't know how to show it. Mm-hmm. And it also could be no, that they say they do, but they don't. That they actually don't. And that person has an inner knowing this person does not actually love me. But they tell me they do. So I stay because I'm believing what they say. Mm-hmm. And that that does happen. Because we would do want to believe it or for whatever other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up another, another example, and it's actually something you did. Um, Eric, my partner, went through uh, two, two big car accidents in his life and has just recently discovered that he's never been able to talk about it without being interrupted, without being asked questions, without being accused um, you know, of being at fault. And he has a lot of suppressed memories. Um, and, you know, potentially because he was knocked unconscious at a certain point and you really aren't consciously experiencing it. And so there isn't a memory. Uh, but you sat down and you, you, I think just brought up the subject Mm -hmm. and he, he was just able to say, I've never had the opportunity to talk about it. And so the space that you created for him was just that, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no clutteredness. There was no noise. Um, it was just, it was just a space t- that he could talk at his own pace, that he could, you know, divulge what he wanted in that moment and nothing more and nothing less. And being heard was the thing that helped him remember and, and feel. Oh, I think that's very point on Kelly that what we can give when we listen, and that it wasn't me that retrieved the memory, he brought it back for himself. That's yeah. self-love, self-care. Mm-hmm. But the gift in the listening and being a truly deep listener is that the person gets to do their healing by retrieving that memory and yeah. processing the emotions. Can you repeat that? The person can do their own healing by bringing forth their own memory and with the memory, their own emotions. Because a passionate or compassionate, truly deep listener holds that space. It's energetic. And that's Tuesday's show. <laughs> okay. I think, I think you did a beautiful job. Pardon? I think you did a beautiful job. Speaking of hearing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you you okay with that yeah okay do you want to close the show uh yes um 
we'd love for you to join us again on Wednesday morning. Um, until then, if you want to send us a message by email, we're at info at Chat with you tomorrow morning.